You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 96. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. everyone, welcome back to the Earn That Body podcast where I bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information that you can put into play right away. Today we are going to talk about a couple different things. Our Eagle's Eye on Health, which is our first sort of short segment on something new in, uh, in the news or going on that you might have read online. We're going to talk about Weight Watchers for Teens. That's a new program they have coming out. Wanted to just touch on that. And then our main episode today is a little recap of my marathon, but not really a race recap because in my opinion, nobody cares about someone's race details. (laughs) Call me crazy, but I, I do tons of races and I'm never very interested in reading someone else's race report. No offense to those who do them, but I have had a lot of revelations lately about the analogous situation between a marathon and weight loss for people and how the journey of both of them has so many similar ties. And I really found them both fascinating enough that I wanted to do a segment on them and overall sort of bring you back to what the important things are on these two journeys. So a really interesting episode if if you are a runner or if you are trying to lose weight or have been through either one on the journey, then I think you will definitely enjoy this episode. So now for our Eagle's Eye on Health. So Weight Watchers is going to start a free teen program. Now, basically, it's an effort to rebuild their brand. They want to be more of a health and wellness company rather than a diet brand. And they're trying to get a lot of new loyal customers, as most companies are. So they did announce that they're going to have this free weight management program for teens this summer. But it really actually created a bit of controversy in the health professional world and even with the public. So on one side, the unabating epidemic of childhood and adolescent obesity with its related health risks definitely led to some applaud for Weight Watchers for filling this critical need. But on the other side, a lot of people were very alarmed and felt like a diet targeting adolescents is a very sort of vulnerable population and could create a lot of other body image concerns, disordered eating, etc. So I thought it was I thought I think you know it's sort of an interesting topic and and lately I have to say I have a lot of mothers who have been emailing me asking me if I work with teens and they want me to work with their 14-year-old and their 15-year-old and their daughter, some sons as well. I actually will not generally work with anybody under the age of 18 because of some of these concerns that like people are having over Weight Watchers right now offering this program to teens. Now, I personally feel that if you still have a child in your house and you are probably the sole provider, and and I say that in terms of cooking for them, right? And feeding them and going to the market and providing the food for them. I do think it is a parent's responsibility until the child moves out or is cooking for themselves or is you know making their own food, going to the market. 
If they're not at that point where they're doing those things for themselves, then it is the parent's responsibility to keep their child's health in check. And, and that is in regard to diet is what I'm saying and exercise in my opinion. So I never want to take on a teen client for that reason. I would rather take on the parent and teach them how to eat properly so that they can then do that for their child or teach and educate their child. My concern with working with a teen population, especially the girls, is what we just said. There could be body disorder issues and we also get into play with eating disorders. And most people know on my programs, really I have to have you food logging. Almost all of my main nutrition programs, I teach you how to food log so that I can check your food log so that I can tell you, oh, you didn't get enough protein yesterday. Look, this is how I know. Oh, you were lacking a lot of fiber yesterday so we could change A, B, and C. Without that food log, I don't know what you're really eating. So even if you think you're eating healthy, and I get this all the time, I get people who come to me and say, you know, I really wanna work with you, but I already eat super healthy, so I don't think there's much that you can do. And then they usually start my program and realize that in fact, they weren't eating as healthy as they thought or as balanced as they thought, etc. So I would have to make a teen food log, and I don't wanna do that because I don't want them to be obsessed with food logging, food tracking, calories, all the things that are so overwhelming for an adult to have to do, quite honestly. I don't want a teenager to be doing. I think they're too young. There's too much going on in their life. They become too obsessed with it, and it can create an eating disorder at that young, vulnerable age. So I will not work with a teen for that reason. And if you are a parent who has a struggling teen, again, I would work with you before I would work with your teen. And that's okay. It's okay to be a parent who has an overweight teen and you're struggling because you don't know what to do either. So that's when you want to get educated on how you can make sure that you're providing the healthiest food in the house for yourself and your family. So how do I feel about Weight Watchers You know, offering this to teens? It concerns me. A little bit. I think it's great, but honestly, I think the focus should be the person who is going to the market, cooking the foods, and educating the child. If you have a teenager, it is still your responsibility as a parent to be the educator in all arenas of their life, and health, nutrition, and exercise is a place that you have to provide that education. And again, it's okay if you don't know how to teach them but it's your responsibility to get educated yourself so that you can. Because I think too many kids out there are overweight because of what is provided in the house, too much eating out, Uh, maybe they're eating school meals only, and you don't realize that a lot of the foods they're grabbing at school are very unhealthy. I, I see what's available. And even though you think, oh, I'm giving them money for a school lunch, they're gonna get you know, a hot lunch, it's not always what they're choosing. And there may be healthy options, but that's not necessarily what they're choosing. So 
It is your responsibility. And of course, I'm always here to help educate anyone, which is why I have the podcast, because I want to create this free opportunity for as many people as possible to get, again, the health, the fitness, the nutrition information and education for themselves and so they can share it with their family. So that's your Eagle's Eye on Health, a little bit of Weight Watchers information. Now let's get started with our topic today that happens to relate to the marathon I ran literally one week ago today and how it relates to weight loss. Now I'm not talking about, oh, you run a marathon, you lose weight. Because in fact, most runners and most marathoners will tell you they don't lose any weight when training for a marathon. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but that is an entirely different podcast episode. But when I was training for this marathon and when I raced it, I realized that there's so many direct parallels between my marathon journey and someone who's on a weight loss journey. And so I want to talk about some of those because they might resonate with you and help you get to the next level, whether it's marathon running, biking, swimming, or losing weight. And so often, especially in the last couple of weeks, people have emailed me and said, one thing you said in that podcast really resonated with me and it's really helped me get to the next level. Sometimes it's just one thing that I might say a little bit differently that gets you and really helps you see how to really overcome an obstacle perhaps. Okay, so let's get started so you see what I'm talking about. So I feel like a marathon, it, a marathon journey is a lot like a weight loss journey because for one, they both have a destination, right? And they both have a journey to get to that destination. So A, a marathon, you're looking at like a three to four month training program in general for most people to reach the destination, which is the finish line of a marathon. Now, weight loss, that journey, it could be about the same amount of time. Could be three to four months. It could actually be longer, it could be shorter, but there is a journey period of time that's calling for effort and dedication in weight loss, just like the marathon training. So they both have a journey and they both have a finish line. Now the next one, (laughs) this one I think is really funny and I thought of this a lot while I trained, but marathon training and weight loss both have a device, we'll call it, that can absolutely make you crazy. So in a marathon, it would be your watch, right? Marathon training, running, we are always looking at our GPS heart rate monitor constantly, or at least I am, and I know a ton of people are too, and we're actually looking at that watch way too much. Now, what's the problem with this when you're running? Literally, if you keep looking at your watch, right? And you're like, oh, am I on pace? Am I on pace? Every few seconds you're looking, am I on pace? You know what the problem is? You are not going to be at one particular pace every second of that mile. So if you keep checking your watch every five seconds, I can assure you it's going up, it's going down, or it's staying and, and it's not changing, it's not where you want. The problem with checking it every few seconds is it's creating so much anxiety for you while you're running. And that alone will change your heart rate right there. But so what often happened to me is like, I'd look at my watch. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not at pace. I'm, I'm too slow. So I start picking up my effort 
And immediately the heart rate goes up, of course, because my effort's going up and I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety and I start pushing myself. And, you know, then I I look back down two seconds later and now I'm going too fast. And so, oh, okay, now I slow back down. And, And then I look two seconds later and now I'm too slow. And so there's this constant, you know, back and forth. And you're never just running a steady state relaxed because you're constantly checking your watch. If you knew how many watches or how many times I've had a coach say, stop, give me your watch. I had a coach once, Gilbert, and he said, give me your watch (laughs) because I was checking way too often. So the goal really should be check it every mile right? See where you were at. You want to check every half mile, that's fine. But literally, if you're checking every five to 10 seconds, you're not doing yourself any benefit. Look at it over a mile period. And that way you can see what your pace was at that mile. Do you need to pick it up on the next mile or bring it back a little bit? And also remember, there's a lot of variables involved in a pace. You're going up a hill, you're going down a hill. All of these things affect your pace. So don't just look at these short little periods, but look at the the range over a mile or more. So what is the comparison to weight loss? What do you think the device is that we're checking all the time when we're trying to lose weight? Yes, it is the scale. Let me guess, you get on the scale every single day. Let me tell you, if you're my client, you better not be. I say it very clearly in my manual. Do not get on the scale every single day unless you are truly trying to make yourself very crazy. Want to know why? Because your weight goes up and down every single day, which is completely normal. Normal. You hear me? So if you get on that scale and you see the weight is up by two pounds, compared to the day before, and you wanna be completely depressed and miserable about it because you're up two pounds, and in the day before you did everything right, your food was on track, you worked out, you got your sleep, so why would you be up two pounds and now you're completely depressed, it ruins your whole day, and perhaps you even throw in the towel on your weight loss journey that day because hey, if it's not working, then you may as well eat the burger and fries. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Well, guess what? If you had just not weighed in that day, If you had just not, you would have been A, not upset, not depressed, not inclined to eat the burger and fries because you're throwing in the towel because you were on a journey and you had a goal. Looking at your weight every single day is like looking at my GPS and my heart rate monitor watch every 10 seconds. It's not going to help you. It's more important to look Monday to Monday. That's your mile marker, right? Of weight loss, Monday to Monday, it can take a full week just to lose one to two pounds. You might not lose one pound until you hit the full week. So why look at the scale every single day? If it's going to depress you and you can't get it, that weight goes up and down daily, then you really need to hold back and weigh in Monday to Monday. Because the repercussions of having one of those bad up days, which again, normal. It's normal to have an up day because our hormones change every day. The temperature outside changes every day. That can create water retention in our body. We might be ate out the night before. We have a little too much sodium, water retention in the body. We worked out super hard, water retention in the body, all that stress on the body. So many things come into play as to why our weight could be up one day or down one day. So the most important thing is knowing if you were on track with your nutrition, if you worked out 
moderately, not excessively. If you worked out for five hours a day before, guess what? Your weight might be up because it's stress on the body. If you were on track and you see the weight go up, let it go because you're still on track, okay? That's the normal. It's the normal, like the pace of a journey run, yeah? Your pace goes up and down within that mile, but you still might get to the right pace by the end of that mile. So that's what I'm gonna say about weight loss. Don't weigh in daily. Don't let that scale hold you back, just like that heart rate monitor GPS watch. All right, what's the next one that is an interesting tie-in and relationship between marathon, Running and weight loss. Okay, how about this one? You go out for a run and it is awful. You could not hit any of your paces and you felt terrible the entire time. So now you're completely depressed because you don't get it. I mean, why all of a sudden am I having this terrible run and I'm halfway through my training and you start to question everything. Well, maybe I'm not training right. And, and why am I even doing this? Maybe I can never reach this marathon time. And what, you know, what's the point? And I'm not worth it and I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. A whole lot of negative things start flying through your head because you had a bad run. Well, let me tell you something. You are not always going to have a good run. You're not always gonna have a good bike. You're not always gonna have a good swim. You're not always gonna have a good kickboxing class. There are going to just be days when you don't feel great. And it's kind of like weighing in daily. Weight goes up and down daily. Well, a lot of things go up and down daily in our body, including our energy levels, right? And so what could cause a bad run day. Well, I had a great coach, Gilbert from the Gazelles, and he always used to say, if you have a bad run day, never blame yourself. And I used to love that because I'd be like, okay, can I blame you? <laughs> but you would never blame this man because he's so amazing. But he would always say, never blame yourself, but instead try to figure out what maybe had been the reason. Things like you didn't get enough sleep, you weren't hydrated enough from the day before. Your nutrition had not been on track. For a woman, it could be her menstrual cycle could definitely play into a bad run or a bad workout. Are you overtraining? Because if you're not giving your body the recovery that it needs, then you will absolutely have a bad run and probably many bad runs to come until you can let the body recover. Those are the kinds of things. Did you get enough sleep? All of that. All of those things could contribute to a bad run or a bad workout. Does that mean you give up your goal? Does that mean you should question yourself, your training? I mean, no, it's just a bad day. And let's figure out, hey, what could you have done better the day before that maybe impacted that workout? You could have had more hydration, you needed more electrolytes, you didn't sleep enough. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I had a bad run and I was like, why? And then I'm like, oh, I did have a terrible night's sleep last night. I mean, there's a huge equivalent to that. So something to think about. Now, how does that compare to weight loss? Well, you get on the scale on a Monday because you're following my orders and you're not weighing in daily, but you get on that scale on Monday and you're so excited because you were on track all week and you know that's going to be an amazing number. And guess what? The weight went up. Or the weight didn't move an ounce. And all of a sudden, you are so depressed, you're gonna question, 
yourself, your tactics, your goals, everything. Why didn't I lose a pound? A lot of people make it personal. I'm no good at this. This is just my body. These are my genetics. I'll never lose the weight. See, I knew it. I'm bloated. I feel fat now. You know, you get on the scale and you just feel It's funny, how many times have you gotten on the scale and the number is lower than you thought it would be and all of a sudden you feel better? You're like, oh, I do kind of feel good. But how many times do you get on that scale and you think the number is gonna be low and you're like, I feel pretty good, this is gonna be a good weigh day and the number's higher. And then you're like, oh, I do feel fat. I do feel bloated. It's a a number can make us feel that way. Isn't that crazy? But A number is just a number. So you have that bad day on the scale, right? And you've got to get over it. You've got to ask yourself, just like Gilbert said about a run, like, what else could it have been? Don't blame yourself. What could have caused this? Could it have been that you went out to eat Mexican food the night before, and even though you were so good and you didn't have any chips, There was so much salsa in that burrito. It's so much sodium, you will retain water. Is it your menstrual cycle time? You are going to be up one to two pounds with your period. You could be up one to two pounds when you ovulate. It's hormones. It comes right off. It's nothing to worry about. Are you overtraining? And so you're actually seeing stress on the body and so the weight is not going down. Are you strength training a ton? Because when you strength train a lot, all my CrossFitters out there, I have a very hard time with CrossFitters losing weight. And it's not because you guys are not amazingly strong and amazingly fit, but you're putting on so much muscle, it's not showing up on the scale. It's just muscle weighs more than fat, right? So it's not showing up as weight loss, but you're probably putting on muscle and losing fat, but it's not going to show up as the number on the scale. Uh, Perhaps you didn't get enough sleep as well. Sleep, I've talked about so many times, sleep will affect your weight and weight loss. So instead of blaming yourself and and just depressed and upset and miserable, it can ruin your day and your family's day because you're miserable about your weight and they don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. Trust me. It's not anything anybody wants to hear about. Instead of being like that, I want you to look at the week and say, okay, I was on track with nutrition. I was on track with everything, but you know, I did go out to eat last night. It's probably just that. I'll weigh in in a couple days and that water retention should be off. You don't throw in the towel. You don't throw in the towel because you had one bad weigh-in. And if you do, if you're going to be that person who gets on the scale on a Monday and the weight is not what you had hoped for, and therefore you're going to eat the burgers, fries, and shake, I hope you're ready to be up three more pounds the next day. Doing that is not going to get you closer to your goal. It's going to set you back. But if you hadn't had the burgers, fry, and shake, or soda, whatever it is that you choose, if you didn't do that, the very next day after that bad weigh-in, it's very possible that water retention would already be gone and you would see a pound less And you would have been happy about that. So don't throw in the towel because you see one bad number, one bad day, one bad workout, one bad run. All right. Okay. What's the next one? A little bit similar. So marathon training, you have a training day and you gave up in the middle of the workout or you skipped the workout. That ever happened to you? 
doesn't even have to be a run, you guys. It could be that kickboxing class that you really know you should have gone to. It was on your calendar. It was on your schedule. I always make my clients schedule their workouts. And either halfway through that run or workout, you're like, oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm just, I can't do this. I quit. Or you just don't do the workout at all. You get up and you're like, oh, I just don't want to do it today. So you don't. All right. Then you're guilt ridden about it all day. Am I right? Do you ever skip a workout or quit a workout and feel great about it all day? No, that has never happened to anyone. You're going to be bummed about it. And so this is what I have to say about those kind of trainings. If you can't hit a pace one day and you're dying out there, I personally, unless you're injured or having pain, I don't think you quit the workout. I think you step it back. There may be, it may be the heat. It may be you didn't sleep enough. Whatever the reason may be that you're not feeling it, step the pace way back or make it a recovery run for the second half. But don't skip it and don't quit. The reason that I say this is because I feel like the first time you quit is opening the door to quitting many more times. But if you always say to yourself, I never quit, no matter what, I may slow down, but I will finish. I may have to change the training a little bit, but I'm not going to quit 15 minutes in. I'm going to complete the entire hour. I think that's super important. How does it relate to weight loss? Well, it's very simple. Skipping a workout or quitting a workout is like having a bad food day. You know what I'm talking about. You ate out, you went to a party, you ended up drinking too much, or you had one bad thing to eat at the party, and then you said, screw it, I'm just going to eat all of this. You throw in the towel and you eat the whole cake instead of the slice, right? Now, you have a bad nutrition day. You feel guilt-ridden about it all day and the next day, right? You don't ever have one of those days where you threw in the towel and you know the kind of day I'm talking. You ate five pieces of pizza instead of one and then you're like, well, I've already gone this far down. I'm gonna also have two pieces of cake and I've already gone this far down so I may as just throw it all in there. I'm gonna have a soda. I'm gonna have that shake later. And yes, I'm gonna have that ice cream sundae because what's the point at this point? I already screwed up the day. I'll start over tomorrow. Well, if you had just had the one bad thing, right? If you had just had the burger or whatever it was that threw your nutrition off to start, you probably wouldn't even have gained any weight at all. So you had one bad thing, big deal. When you start throwing in the towel, all of those calories start adding up. I mean, I've seen people have a day where it's like they ate enough for the entire week. And yes, they're up like five pounds. Does that weight come off? Of course it does, but it makes you feel really terrible in so many ways. You're guilty about it, you're bloated, you're up in weight, like it just, there's no positive benefit to throwing in the towel just because you ate something bad. It's not really a big deal. And I don't even wanna call it like bad, like this is not a good bad, you're not good or bad because you ate something. So you ate something that was a little unhealthy, great, move on. Let the very next meal or snack be the healthy thing. Don't wait for Monday. Don't wait for the next morning. If you eat something that's not great and you're trying to lose weight, the very next meal or snack, you simply get on track. You don't blame yourself. You don't feel guilty about it. You just move on. It doesn't have to be such a good or bad, I'm good or bad. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. 
just move on. So don't skip the workout. Finish it, even if you have to walk. And don't throw in the towel just because you have a bad meal, okay? Don't throw in the towel even for the whole day. Let's let the guilt go and just try to make it through some of those tougher times. Okay, this next one is huge, and it's definitely one that I battle. Everybody battles it, but I definitely do, just being honest. Here's a quote. Comparison is the thief of joy, all right, by Theodore Roosevelt. Comparison is the thief of joy. This is so true in so many areas of our life, but definitely in our workouts and in our weight loss. So for marathon training, for running, as a runner. If we keep comparing ourselves to everybody else out there, then we're always gonna have this extra pressure on ourselves and we're not helping ourselves in any way. So what do I mean? Well, I would say I'm a decent runner, okay? I I don't consider myself to be a great runner. I'm not a natural runner. You you will not see me running and say, oh, she looks great. (laughs) I mean, most of the time my coaches usually say, you did not look great. I don't have great form. Maybe, you know, it's just, it's not the best, but I'm probably still a decent runner. I mean, I just made the podium at a couple uh, races this year at a 5K and a 10K, which like I was blown away because I'm always telling myself, that I'll never make the podium of a, of a running race because that's not my thing. So I must be a decent runner. I must be like probably at the good level, right? But I don't consider myself at the good level. Why? Because I'm comparing myself to all the people that I run and train with. And let me tell you something. I train with some very serious athletes. So that's a real problem for my mental capacity. I train with people and I'm friends with people who run three hour marathons. Like that's probably not going to be me. And and it's more natural for them. And you know, whatever the case, it's not because they train harder than me because nobody can train harder than me. I will do everything exactly that a coach tells me and I will never miss a beat. So it's not because they train harder, but for whatever reason, some people are always going to be faster and that's okay. Like that's amazing. But if I keep comparing myself to them, then I keep putting this negative cloud over my head that I'm not fast. I'm not as fast as them. I'll never be that fat. What does that do for me? Nothing. It does nothing positive for me. Like sometimes I think, well, if I didn't know anybody who ran, right? They're like, I'm the only one who runs, then I would think I'm like the most badass runner ever, <laughs> right? You, I would think so, like I'm pretty good, like my paces are picking up, and but because I compare my pace to the person on Instagram who posted their pace two weeks after they had a baby and it's like already like a seven minute mile and I'm just like, ugh, I'm so slow. You know, and it's just, it does, it, it is the, thief of joy by comparing. So as a runner, as an athlete, if you can stop comparing, I think it will take a lot of pressure off you. Now, how does that compare to weight loss? Oh my God, so simple. I'm sure you can figure this one out. But we all compare our bodies to other people, right? So it's body image comparison. We even compare our weight loss to other people. So how come this person's losing weight so much faster than I'm losing weight? Well, guess what? Every body is different. Literally, their body 
Your body is different than the next person. You're not going to look the same as someone in a magazine. You're not going to look the same as someone at the pool next to you because you have a different body. You don't move the same way they do. Their genetics are not the same as yours. You don't metabolize the same as them. And so why are you even comparing yourself to them, right? But we do. Don't get me wrong. I do it too. I'm just saying. If we never compared our body and our weight loss to somebody else, would there be a lot less pressure on us? Yeah, I think there would. I think if you were eating healthy and exercising consistently, that you would feel great if you weren't looking at the lady next to you at the pool who doesn't have any cellulite and you're thinking, what the heck? (laughs) How come I'm killing myself and I still have cellulite, right? And just so you all know, I have cellulite. Not only do I have cellulite, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. As I age, I have front front thigh cellulite. That's what I call it to my sister and she thinks I'm crazy. But you know what I mean? Like now I have cellulite on the front of my leg. I don't think I can be any more fit. I don't think I can eat any healthier. But this is my body. These are my genetics. And I can compare myself to another gal next to me who has the legs for days. You know those ones? They have legs for days and they're gorgeous legs. I always wanted those tall legs. Well, you know what? I got a six pack instead. I don't have the legs. (laughs) Some of you have legs and you don't have the six pack. You gotta stop comparing. We all have something amazing. You know what we all have? We all have a body. And the body is truly the most amazing thing that you'll ever be given. It works so hard to keep you alive every single day. When you get sick, it does everything it can to make you better. If you have a cut, you don't have to think about it. Your body heals itself. I burned my hand so bad last year. I had a third degree burn. You know what? It is completely healed all by itself. I didn't need surgery. I didn't need a doctor to do anything. It was amazing watching the skin come back every day all by itself because my body is amazing and your body is amazing. So stop comparing yourself to everybody else because it takes some pressure off of you. You're not going to lose weight like someone else. You're not going to look like someone else. Just appreciate your body and do your best to keep it healthy. So can you see how marathon training really sort of has this analogy and parallel to weight loss? I really felt that way the entire time I was training and even during my race, which did not go my way. It was not the race I intended. It was not the race I hoped for. And yeah, I was a little bummed, but I also got to the finish line. And any time you get to the finish line, you completed the goal, right? Yeah, I had a goal of a time as well, and I wanted to hit that time. But I can keep trying. I'm not giving up just because I didn't hit the time. I hit the finish line. 26.2 miles is never going to be easy. I congratulate everybody who ever makes it to the finish line, regardless if they reached the best time or not, if they PR'd or not. It's not always going to be about that. That was my journey that day. That was my day out there on this race course, okay? It didn't go the way I wanted. Guess what? I get to do it again when I'm recovered. I get to do it again. I'm not going to give up. There is nothing that's going to hold me back from getting a Boston qualifying time one day. I don't care if I'm 75 years old. I really don't because I will get there in my time, in my way. And let me tell you, it will be the sweetest Boston qualifying time ever. It'll be the sweetest race for me ever because I have worked so hard for it because it didn't come easy to me. 
So I look at people, you know, let's talk about comparing, but I look at people who Boston qualify all the time and they have for the last 10 years, and that's awesome. They're obviously great runners, they're naturals, whatever. But I'm more impressed and I'm more inspired by the people who worked so hard and couldn't get there and couldn't get there and couldn't get there and then one day they got there. That to me is inspiring because they never gave up. And that is the most important thing that I want you to realize, whether it's that marathon you're training for or your weight loss journey, do not ever give up because of that Monday weigh-in that didn't go your way. Do not give up for that race that didn't go your way. If you have a goal, you keep it going. You keep it going and you keep doing the right things. But what you want to make sure is that you don't do the wrong things because you're freaking out. So what do I mean? You get on that scale and the weight did not go the way you wanted. Don't starve yourself that day to make up for it. That's not going to help you. If you had a bad day eating the day before, don't starve yourself and work out for five hours the next day because you think that's going to make up for it. It's not. The most important thing is to just get back on track with healthy eating and an hour simple workout, not overdoing it. I've had so many clients tell me, especially in the last few months, that what they can't believe about my programs is that they're not working out as intensely and they're still losing weight. Or they're eating more than they were before and now they're finally losing weight. Because when they went on all these crazy fad diets, they were starving themselves. And when they went into these overtraining situations where you think you have to work out three hours, seven days a week, and no weight was coming off, it was because their body was so stressed. It had so much stress and cortisol in it that the body couldn't even drop any pounds. So it's not always about getting extreme when things don't go your way. That would be like me finishing that marathon. It didn't go my way, so the next day I'm gonna go run 10 miles as hard as I can because I was not fast enough the day before. Well, that would not benefit anybody, including my body, you know, and I probably couldn't have even done it anyway because I couldn't even stand up off the toilet after that marathon. My quads were so sore. But that's the point. The point is you don't give up. You set a goal. You go through the journey, you embrace the journey, and you never, ever give up. And then there's that one last quote that I love that always reminds me of this situation where they say, giving up on your goal because of one setback is like slashing your other three tires because you got a flat, right? You're not gonna do that, so you got a flat tire. Fix it, move on. Don't slash the other three tires. I love that saying. I love it. I love it. Okay, never give up on your goals. Enjoy the journey. Stop overthinking it all. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop dishonoring yourself and your body. Just focus on the positive. Focus on the fact that you can get to keep trying. You do get to keep trying. Focus on the day that you're going to reach that goal, whether it's that weight loss number you're just dying to hit, those skinny jeans you are dying to fit back into, or that Boston qualifying time at a race. 
All right, everybody, my recipe book is out. How about that for a goal? I worked on this recipe book for probably a year. It's the Earn That Body recipe book. It's not a meal plan, it's a recipe book. It has breakfasts in it, four awesome salads that I have to say the salads are great for summertime because it's hot out. These salads are healthy and so refreshing. It has five entrees in it, how I cook my vegetables, how I make my protein shakes, what's in them. Awesome, go to shockthatbody.com. Scroll down until you see the recipe book. It is awesome. It's an ebook. You can have access to it right away. I highly recommend it. And other than that, I just hope you guys have an awesome week. Make it positive. Focus on everything good. Stop comparing out there. And just remember, a bad day is just a bad day. A bad training is just a bad training. Always move on. Till next week, everyone. Bye-bye. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.